You're listening to OEA Grow, a member-led production of the Oregon Education Association. OEA Grow is by educators for educators. Your host for season one is OEA member Jesse Bray. Welcome back to the OEA Grow podcast. I'm the season one host, Jesse Bray, and today we have Sakura Ramada. Do you want to say hello? Yes, of course. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Sakura Hamada. Uh, I, can go, I go by she, her, hers. Great. Thank you. Um, and so today we're going to talk about resilience uh, mm-hmm. and a bit of your story as you feel comfortable. Um, tell, tell, I guess, if you want what, to, what, what comes to mind when you think of resilience? Um, yeah. Uh, for me, resilience is just being yourself no matter what the circumstances are no matter what the environment what the challenges throws at you and be able to be able to be your authentic self and you know like do just true to be true to yourself and also knowing where to but knowing where to like stop and finding that balance is for me is what the resilient resiliency is Hmm. Okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, um, can you give? Can you speak to a little bit the context, which shows, like, you know, what, where is your expertise coming in as an expert in resilience? Um, you know. Well, I tell you one thing. I am no expert at such uh, such topic at all. But okay. <laughs> I'm an amateur. I, I, I'm only uh, 27 years old. I'm still. This is only my um, second year. Second year as a full-time school counselor at a public school. But uh, I guess in terms of resilience, as my own experience, uh, I emigrated from Japan at the age of nine, and so um, there was a lot of challenges and hoops that I had to overcome. Language barriers, adapting to the new culture, you know, new country too, even trying to make new friends, whatnot, and just. It's a whole lot of experience, com- whole lot of experience compared to me living in Japan, and then me living in the United States. And so, throughout my life, as a student, as a young girl who emigrated from Japan, but also as an educator too, I feel like I build up the resiliency. Yeah, that that's um, oh goodness, so many so many questions about that, and that it is a, you know, it, it, so you came over from what, what? How old were you when you you immigrated? I was nine. I was nine, nine years, years old. old. Okay, you're nine yeah. years old. So, um, just curious. So, did you speak English at, at that point? Are you already were you comfortable with it? Was it was a whole brand new language to you? Oh my goodness! No, not at all. To be honest, um, the oh, only thing I was didn't... able to yeah. So the only thing I was able to say was basically just introducing myself, just in out bathroom, but that was it. N- yeah, no, I wasn't able. To, no, not much comprehension at all. Wow! So, so at nine years old, you learned Western culture in basically a ride or die, like sink or swim experience. You just were thrown into it. Wow, exactly. that's that's that must have been very stressful for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I believe ninth grade is that about fourth grade? Sometimes it's yes. like third or fourth grade. Okay, yeah, fourth grade. Um, so, th- so many questions, but um, so. You're learning the language for the first time. You're mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, third, fourth grade curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just have to ask because it was was the curriculum outside of the language barrier. Was it be was it easy for you? Was it really difficult? Um, 
So um, math, yeah. math was somewhat easy because there was some of the math was uh, in fourth grade with something that I already learned in Japan. And I was also taking an after school math program um, in Japan as well. So I was kind of able to like keep up with math. However, when it comes to like word problems, like sentences, that's where had it, like, it was、oh, really、yeah. hard for me. And of course, science and, science and reading or language art, that was really difficult for me because I didn't even know what in the, <laughs> what it, what、yeah. it was going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, goodness, there's, there's so much adaptation that you have to come when you just come. Like, you know, I have never been to Japan,、uh, but I'm familiar with certain aspects of Eastern culture. And I'm sure that's just a massive just culture shock to you.、Um, what, what was some of the, your, I guess, outside the language barrier, what w a s some of your largest hurdles that you had to kind of overcome? Would you say? If you could. Yeah,、um, besides the language, just. Making friends was really, really? challenging.、Um, I mean, I guess, like, especially when at the age of nine, especially when,、mm. like, when you're in fourth grade,、uh, kids are starting to build the cliques. They're trying to build, they're already building like, their social network, their community within the school. And so, me jumping into this like, new school, but also new environment, and also new language, it was、oh、really、goodness. hard for me to. Fit in where I felt like I was isolated. I feel like I was an alien from outer space. I was like, Who are、oh, you people? You all speak different languages to me. You all look different than me, than I do.、Mm-hmm. So that was definitely a challenge for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I'm sure on every aspect from, from food to friendship.、Mm-hmm. That, but, but yeah, it is, it is fourth grade is a difficult time.、Yeah. Um, and then you're heading in towards middle school, which is, Oh,、mm-hmm. you know, that pre adolescent age where everyone's kind of just going a little insane because all the, the you know, hormones are happening.、Mm-hmm. Um, now,、um, when, you, when you moved out here, was there、mm-hmm. actually, I'm by, by here, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the Pacific Northwest.、Mm-hmm. Um, is, that, is that where you settled? Your, your folks settled? Yes.、Mm-hmm. Or your, your guardians and such?、Mm-hmm. Um, did you have a tight knit? Community, do you have a community of people that that it kind of helped you through the resilient time? Or,、uh, to be honest, not outside of my family network, I think it's just my family. So,、uh, my my mother and my、uh, siblings are the only ones that I feel the most closely tied with. I mean, besides, I mean, of course, there was a language barrier and also the cultural differences, but it was really hard for me to just fit into that, you know. My, outside of my network. And so I knew, I, I feel like that's, we only have, I only have my family as my backup. You know, like that's, that's all we had at that point. And we didn't even have extended family living in the Pacific Northwest. We're the only family in Japan that came to the United States. So we didn't really have anyone to turn to. We just only had each other. Oh my goodness. What, what, a, what a brave step.、Um, and if you、mm-hmm. don't mind me asking, What was there some of the context that why you moved that you, f- you feel comfortable sharing?、Um, do you know why your, your family moved here? Yeah, so um, my, mother,、uh, my parents were divorced、uh, in Japan.、Okay. And, and so my mom thought that、uh, it would just be a, a you know, good idea for me to、um, move, to the, uh, move to the United States. And then so then I could learn English. And then <laughs> I don't know, just、uh, it was more like, why not? Let's give it a try, sort of a thing. Wow. Wow. And,、uh, yeah. I did not go to school that focused on Japanese. I wasn't placed in like international school, Japanese school. I was just thrown into this public school 
up oh, in wow. Washington. That's where I used to live in. And uh, woo. my goodness, my goodness. So, so you, you know, your, your folks, uh, and like, it's a common, you know, story, parents mm-hmm. get divorced. Your mom just went for it and just mm-hmm. let's go travel as far and different as she could imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just dove right in to yeah. mm-hmm. uh, this culture that you did not know, mm-hmm. which was probably very, like you said, alien to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somehow you emerged this tender hearted, forward thinking counselor. There's this <laughs> desire inside of you to, to do these things for others. Uh-huh. So can you speak to that and how that relates to your resilience? Yeah. Um, I guess just growing up, like I, like I mentioned before, I felt like isolated. I didn't feel like I belong. I wasn't able to build a network. I feel like no one really hurt me. And so, I don't know, being a school counselor, also woman of color too, I wanted to provide that safe space for students to feel yeah. like they belong, that they have the voice. And sure, I may not speak the language that they speak. Um, I'm only, I can only speak Japanese and English. And so some, I, I don't speak a lot of languages that they speak, but I come from the experience that I sort of, I could relate to them. You know, mm-hmm. I understand where they're coming from. I know how hard it is to learn a new language, especially English too, because English, there's a lot of grammatical like rules and punctuations and all those tenses that, that you need to grasp. And it's, and if you're a non-native speaker, it's really difficult to like, you know, uh, comprehend that. And so just kind of ab- able to meet them, you know, where they're at and giving them a little like empathy, but also giving them a grace. And also, I don't know, kind of encouraging them like, hey, I used to be where you're at back then, but here I am yeah. able to speak English pretty fluently. And I went to school and went to college and I got my master's become counselor. So you can do it too. So hoping that I'm in a way inspire those kiddos too. That's wonderful. So you live by example. That's, that's wonderful. And it, it, the fruit of that experience has made, has made you, you know, a, a really an impactful counselor. That's, mm-hmm. that is great. And, and, you know, I, I do, I do, I find that inspiring because if you think about all the things that we go through in life, but be able to, to take your struggles of mm-hmm. feeling alien, feeling isolated, um, and be able to pour that into kids Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's, that's a, that's a beautiful work. I, I, you're, you're on a, like a small percentage of folks that probably have that, that calling feeling. And I do think educators yeah. do often line up to that because we, mm-hmm. educators are inherently, I think, I believe that educators are inherently generous and they give mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Okay. So just, you know, as we, I really, I have so many questions, but I, I know we have a small amount of time. Mm-hmm. Could you speak to, was there someone in your life when you were going to school that was that kind of counselor that you are for these kids? You know, to be honest, I can't really think of one on the top okay. of my head as a counselor, who like the counselor. Or but a person, I, yeah. Yeah, but I did have a, a, a few teachers in like high school and, uh, um, and also middle school too that saw me not just a gal that immigrated from Japan and still learning English, but I don't know, they met me halfway and they sat down with me, like helped me through all this, you know, like homeworks or like test assessments, all that stuff. And, and they actually like try to got to know me as an individual. And, you know, they 
a lot of a lot of, a lot of teachers told me that they enjoy having me because of my like my goofy personality and all that nice. stuff. So I guess it's that connection. And sure, sometimes that uh, most in most cases that I usually have a white teacher. And mm. in some of the cultural racial back in perspective, it's in a way it's hard, maybe hard for me to relate to them. And but even so, they still like acknowledge me, value me, respect me, but also care and loved me despite the, all the differences that we had. And so, yeah, definitely middle and high school teachers that I had very, very appreciate them. Oh, that's wonderful. That's, I mean, that's, I, you know, I do believe that someone oftentimes models that, um, but, and that those people, what they poured into you has paid tenfold, uh, Mm -hmm. it's in, into your own life. That's, that's wonderful. I had a art teacher in high school that, that did that for me. Uh, his name Mm -hmm. was Mr. Hackenbrook and he was probably the only teacher that would cuss in his class, but he was just so truthful and Mm -hmm. so sincere that when he spoke, you paid attention. He was this old hippie, but there's always people like in our lives. And I think educators have op- opportunity. Counselors have an opportunity to be that kind of that, mm-hmm. th- th- to help people pivot and see mm-hmm. their potential. To, like you said, listen to them. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. To make them feel valued. And we need that. We, we, yeah. we, we all need that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so speaking as like, as you, you know, you've been, you're a resilient person. Um, you have, you've gone through all these things and, and sometimes mm-hmm. resiliency is like you said, it's, it's being who you, it's actually really eloquent the way you said, it, because you said it's being who you are, no matter what yeah. the circumstances. Yes. I, I like that definition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to borrow that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, I, it's very, it's very like succinct. It makes more sense to me. Like, um, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So going forward as, you know, as we are experiencing the 2022, all the new things, like there's buzzwords. How are you embracing resilience in the work that you do? I mean, what's your next place that you want to head towards? Do you you have a a journey towards understanding resilience and and kind of sharing that message? Yeah. um, I guess um, knowing when to say no and knowing Mm. when to fall back and take a break and also asking for help because, uh, my first year as a school counselor too last year, it was I had a really difficult time where I just trying to like take it all into myself. I internalized a lot of things and so and that wasn't healthy for me at all. Like my mental health just went ooh, right down the mm-hmm. radar and so right down the yeah. cliff. And so just knowing no like knowing how to ask for help, but also just like it's okay to say no. It's okay to tell them, Hey, I need to pause for a moment, I need to take a break. And I tried to model that with my students. Whenever they wanted to check in with me or talk to me because they have their, you know, some challenges at school or at home, if I feel like, you know, dysregulated, if I feel really overwhelmed, I tell them like, hey, I don't feel like I'm at the right space right now to talk to you. Do you think, is it okay for me to come talk to you like 15 minutes, 20 minutes later? And they're usually mm-hmm. okay with it. And, you know, they respect that. And so I'm trying to model that to with the student that, hey, even me as an adult, who thinks that you, who might, who you might think that, you know, has so much, you know, has so got stuff pulled together and that, you know, yeah, yeah. Super resilient. It needs also time to pause and take a break. That makes sense. I think that's it's such a true and fair statement because when you're young and this isn't, this is an assumption, but when you're young, it's easy to look at adults like 
they're not people, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, like they're just a, a, an endless vending machine of, you know, I can go and bug them anytime I can, you know, because we don't, we, we're egocentric, but mm-hmm. that is, um, that's very true to, to model that it's okay for adults to not be okay. Uh, yeah. and that we need a mental health day. I, I, I really mm-hmm. do. I really value that there's, um, more and more schools that are moving towards this, that are allowing children to take mental health days yeah. and, they, mm-hmm. We need we need this. There's so much, and you know, if we were sick, if we were throwing up, we would take a day off of school to, mm-hmm. to rest up. And if our minds are at that point where cognitive load and stress and all that stuff has buried us down, mm-hmm. what better thing for us to take that? Mm-hmm. So, right. Well, thank you. Is there is there any last thing, a piece of advice that you'd like to leave with us? Um, you know, some uh, resilience tips or just just a little pithy saying that you'd like to to share with us. Uh, well, um, always be true to yourself, no matter what the worst circumstances or anything happens, like life stones at you because life isn't always fair and we all know it and being an yeah. educator is really hard right now, but it's just so important for us to be true to ourselves and being super authentic because that's what students need at this time, especially oh, okay. now. <laughs> absolutely yeah auth- absolutely authenticity i mean it's so easy to have the artificial right it's everywhere mm-hmm. um yeah that's that's so good well thank you so much for being on the podcast uh it's been a pleasure chatting with you and thank you everyone for listening and yeah you all have a wonderful and resilient day for more oea professional learning opportunities visit our webpage at grow dot org and ed dot org.